All right, today we're going to finish up a section we've been looking at in our men's lunch, uh, focusing on the biblical man and prayer. This whole year we've been talking about a biblical man, a man that endeavors to live as God's called him to live, as he tells us in the Bible. Well, we came across this section on the biblical man and prayer. And I didn't know if it was going to take a week or two. It's ended up taking about six weeks to, to look at uh, Jesus' model prayer. It's recorded for us in, in Matthew chapter 6. And, and to see what Jesus himself shows us in how to pray, teaches us in how to be a man of prayer. And that's a pretty awesome thing. Jesus himself instructs us in prayer. Now, I've said it all the way through these weeks. Um, I truly believe if we only knew the blessing that we have in prayer, if we really knew what we have in prayer, if we really knew the power and the resources, the provision that we have available in prayer, uh, we would be people consumed with prayer. And I truly believe that. If we knew what prayer was, if we knew the resources that we have in prayer that we are talking to, our God, the living God, the creator, sustainer God of, of all things, I believe we will be people, men, consumed with prayer. Well, again, Jesus has been instructing us in this endeavor. And today we're going to come to the last line in his model prayer, verse 13. Let me read that to you. It says this, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The last line of the, the Lord's model prayer. And I'm going to go back and, and as we're wrapping this up today, uh, I want to read all of the verses in, in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, coming all the way to verse 15. Jesus says this, And when you pray, you're to not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Today I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into the inner room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Here's the model prayer. Pray then in this way. Not pray this prayer, but pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then verse 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive others of their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Again, that's, that's the entirety of the prayer. That's his teaching on prayer. Uh, Jesus again himself. And then today we come and we close by looking at that 13th verse. Let me read it again. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In our lives, as men who are seeking to follow Jesus Christ, in our lives, now listen to this, the key to being what God has called us to be, the key in doing what he's called us to do, the key in seeing what he has for us to see, 
really the key to living the life, and, and he intends for us to have a great life, the key to living the life that he has built for us comes down to this one thing, and that is this, obedience. To live the life that God has created you to live, to do the things that he has for you to do, if you're to see all the things that he's planned for you, the, the thing comes down to this, obedience. Will you obey? Will you do what he's called us to do. Now think about that for just a second. If your marriage is to be all that it ought to be, and I'm going to tell you, he didn't, he didn't intend for it to be a curse. He didn't want to intend for it to be some kind of drudgery. If your marriage is to be all that it ought to be, you have to obey God concerning marriage for your family relationships. And I want to tell you, God intended for you to have a role in your family and your family to be blessed by you as the leader of that family. For your family relationships to be what God has intended them for, to be, for them to be, you have to obey God concerning your family relationships. And you can just move down the line, your job. If your job is to be what it ought to be, if you're to, to, to be who you're supposed to be at your job, you have to obey God, what he said about your work life. And you can just go on and on and on. In any area of your life, if it is to be what it ought to be, you have to choose to obey God in that area. Now, here's the truth. And if you do not, you will suffer. You want to have an awesome marriage. You want to have an awesome home relationship. You want to be who you ought to be at your church and at your job. You have to obey God. You have to choose to be obedient in those areas. And if you do not, I promise you this, you will suffer. I see it all the time. Men will come. Folks will come. People will come. And they, they have decided to do their own thing. And they can explain it, well, I, I did this and I know my reasons and I don't know what, what you think, but I had to do this thing and this, this was how it worked out. And they decide they'll set their own parameters and they're going to do what they want to do. And they launch off and they, they think, you know what, I'll do these things and I'll live my life according to this way. And you watch, it always becomes a wreck. It always becomes a disaster. Listen to me, the key to leading a successful Christian life is in obedience. It is in following God. It is in obeying God. And the opposite is called sin. Sometimes we make that a hard thing, a hard jump. You know what? We obey what God has said to do. We, we follow his leading in all areas of our life or we do not. And tonight, the opposite of obedience is sin. Now, that's pretty basic. You do what God declares and he'll bless it or you do what you determine, and that's called sin, and sin can never be blessed. Well, how awesome it is that Jesus knows that. Jesus knows the hugeness of that. Jesus knows the truth of that, and the reason he knows the truth of that is it's because it's his truth. He knows, you know what, if you're going to be who you ought to be, and if you're going to do what you ought to do, you're going to have to walk in obedience. He knows that truth. He knows how big it is. And so he says this as he wraps up his model prayer. So when we pray, we pray, God, lead us not into temptation. God, deliver us from evil. Now, let me, let me just show you a couple of truths that stand out just from the fact that he put this in this prayer. Uh, this one line, verse 13, being in this prayer, that by itself shows us some pretty big truths. Here's a couple of them. First is this. Understand, we are in a battle. 
You are in a battle. We are in a battle. And it's a battle against sin and it's a battle against evil. We as followers of Jesus Christ, we are battling. We are in a battle. And you better believe it, friend. You are in a battle. So the fact that this is included in this prayer, man, he could have taught us anything about prayer, but the fact that he includes this in this prayer, he's letting us know, you know what? Against sin and against evil, you are in a battle. Second thing we see, because he's included this in this prayer, is the need for our admission of weakness. Pretty interesting that he puts this in this prayer. You know, just, just the fact that he tells us as Christians we ought to pray this prayer, that is an admission of weakness. Now, we grow up when I'm not going to be weak, and I'm not going to show a sign of weakness, and it's not going to fall on me like that. You know what? When we pray this prayer, we are admitting that my resolve is not enough. Some of you have been operating thinking, you know what? My resolve is enough. We're admitting when we pray this prayer, my willpower is not enough. My, my determination, and man, I'm determined, my determination is not enough. My good intentions, and man, we got good intentions. Your good intentions are not enough. And so when we find this in this prayer, it is admitting, you know what, as men, we may have willpower, we may think we're strong, we may have a strong resolve, we may have a, a good intention, but you know what, it is not enough. This admits our weakness. And then the third thing it points to, just by being in the prayer, is that God is our answer. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us in this. He's going to empower us in this. And so just the fact that it's in the prayer, we turn to him for our answer. Now let's look very specifically. Those three things are just, just known because that prayer is there, because that line's in that prayer. But let's look at some specific things about the prayer. It says this, do not lead us into temptation. And do not lead us into temptation. Now I want to be very clear here, and I think sometimes we need to clean this up. We want to be very clear here. God does not tempt us. God does not tempt us. Now be sure you understand that. God never tries to lure you to sin. Be sure and understand that. James chapter 1 verse 13 says that. God doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to lead them to sin and then I'm going to condemn them when they sin. God doesn't tempt us to sin. He doesn't lead us to sin. Be sure of that. But, but understand, however, he does sometimes, now not always, but he does sometimes use the situations that we put ourselves into to test us. And so he doesn't lead us to a place to get us to sin, but sometimes he takes the situations that we've put ourselves in and he uses those to test us. Now think about that for just a second. We are called to be obedient. And yet we put ourselves in situations where obedience gets harder. Now that just makes sense. We're called to be obedient. God wants us to be obedient. The best thing in my life is if I'll be obedient, but then I go and I put myself in a situation where obedience is going to be harder. Now, let me just give you some examples. You got a drinking problem. You know what? There's some places you don't need to go. You got a drinking problem. There's some people you need not hang around with. You know what? You got an anger problem and, and man, you fly off the handle and you got an anger problem and it rules your life. There's some situations you ought not get involved in. What have you? And you can just go down the list. You know what? We don't want to put ourselves in situations where obedience becomes harder. And so our prayer is that God would steer 
our direction. God would lead our paths away from those situations. Now, let me tell you this. I figured this out myself. It is a lot better. It is a lot easier to pray, God, lead me away from that situation on that side of it than it is to come and pray, God, forgive me for where I messed up on the other side of it. Let me tell you why that is. Sin always has consequences. Well, I've been forgiven for my sin. Yes, praise God, and by His grace we're forgiven, but sin always has consequences. And it's a lot easier to wake up in the day and say, God, steer my steps away from these situations. Give me the resolve and the guidance, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me to lead me away from them than it is to come back at night and say, I crashed this and I wrecked this and this is in shambles. Now, God, forgive me for what I did today. It's easier to pray on that side of it than it is the other side of it. And so Jesus realizes the battle and he realizes our weakness and he says, you know, we need to seek God's guidance to lead us away from those situations. Listen to me, follower of Jesus Christ. Your life's going to be a lot better if you wake up and say, God, steer my steps today. Lead me away from situations. Lead me away from certain people that I might walk today in obedience. Second part of this, it says, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. Now, in the Greek, uh, really, you can't get a clear understanding of what that means. It could have two understandings here. It could mean deliver us from evil, and that could mean the evil one. That could be talking about Satan himself, or it could be talking about deliver us from evil, and it's talking about the evil situation. So when we read this verse, Jesus is saying either deliver me from Satan or deliver me from the evil situation. I don't think it matters either way. We need to understand today our battle is against evil. And it may be the evil in your own heart. That may be your evil. It may be the evil in the world. And man, look at the crud we exist in. It may be the, the wickedness and the evil in the world that's trying to suck you in. Or it may be literally the evil one, Satan, who wants to destroy you. And I think sometimes we make light of that. You know what? He's, he's going to let me go on through my life. His goal is to destroy your home. His goal is to destroy your marriage. His, his goal is to destroy your reputation. His goal is to utterly shred up and destroy your life. And so we start off and we say, God, deliver me from evil, the evil situation and the evil one. And let me tell you the good news to all that. The good news is this. And, and man, we ought to jump out of here and shout when we leave this. The good news is this. Jesus told us how to pray. The good news, Jesus knew this was going to be the situation. But the good news is this. God answers that prayer. He hears that prayer. He answers that prayer. And I'll just tell you today, if your desire, and it's your real desire, and that is to obey God, he's going to answer that prayer. If your desire is to, to walk with him and to abide with him, he's going to answer that prayer. If your desire is to glorify his name, and that's how the prayer starts, if that is your desire, he's going to answer that prayer. Man, I don't want to go through that. Man, I don't want to endure the consequences of that. Man, I want to live and I want it to honor God. I want it to mean something and count for something. Then God, you know my weakness. Man, I'm a mess. And you steer me away from those circumstances. You steer me away from those situations. And you deliver me from evil. 
God answers that prayer. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me, and I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We're going to be dismissed. Glad you were here today. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. I'm thankful for the truth of your word. And I'm thankful that, that my Savior Jesus knew that as a man endeavoring to honor him, to walk with him, endeavoring to reflect glory upon him, I would still be weak. And I would still be prone to sin. And I would know the right thing. And I would be tempted and maybe led to do the wrong thing. But he also tells us our answer is in him. And he hears this prayer. And I, I pray for us today, and some of us, man, we, we battle against all sort and th- certain things in our life and all these things, and we're wrecking havoc in our life, and, the, and we're, we're screwing up our lives, and we know it, but yet we can't stop. I pray, God, that you'd steer our steps away from those situations. I pray that it wouldn't be in our strength and our resolve, but it would be in your power. And I also pray that you would step in and you'd deliver us from the evil in us and around us, and the evil one, Satan. I take hope today because you hear and you answer this prayer. We love you today. We thank you today. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.